This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey there, folks, and welcome to Dealer News Today, the award-winning and leading podcast in all automotive dealership news. Glad to have you here. Uh, make sure you follow DNT on social media at Dealer News Today, and to listen to past episodes and seasons, check out DealerNewsToday.com. As usual, I am your host, Derek D. To find out more about me, DerekD.com is where you can do that. But right now, let's find out all about our guest on today's show. He's been in the automotive industry for 30 years. He worked his way up through it all. And he's also an endurance bike racer, which, you know, is pretty darn cool too. But his main title is president of Bowers Automotive Group. I'm talking about none other than Brad Cobb. What's going on, Brad? What's happening, brother? How you doing today, Derek? I'm hanging in. I appreciate you coming on Dealer News today. Yeah, man. Thanks. It's an honor to, to be on y'all's network, and I really am excited about this podcast. Yeah, let's uh, jump right in. So let's talk about you a little bit. So 30 years at Bowers Automotive Group. And you've had a bunch of different jobs and worked your way up, right? Yeah, short 30 years. Uh, started actually <laughs> selling Saturns way wow. back when, the, the car, the plastic car of the future. <laughs> and uh, I was actually going back to law school and uh, did a little research, talked to a bunch of old lawyers, new lawyers, and I really couldn't find a lawyer that, was, that loved their job. Uh, the old <laughs> ones would say, oh, it's not like it used to be. It's, you know, it's all this and that. And, and the new ones would say, or younger ones would say, you know, I got to work my butt off, you know, 60 hours a week and the cubicle and blah, blah, blah. So I, I was kind of thinking about that and, and um, started selling cars to make money to pay for law school. And the first month made like 4,500 bucks. It was easy, fun. I'm like, holy cow, this is really <laughs> You're like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And, and so after putting those two things together, I'm like, you know, in the second month, I made a little more. Third month, just kept making. I'm like, and then I was very fortunate. The, uh, the gentleman who owned the dealership group, who uh, let me come to work for him, um, came to me and said, hey, if you stick it out, uh, I will fast track you into management. And I was probably around 25, 26 at the time. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, he goes, I'll make you maybe a general manager when you're 30. And I'm like, hey. And, and then subsequently, uh, which this is, I, I will say, not much of it has to do with my skills. That that gentleman was, is, became my father-in-law. So I fell into yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, about that. <laughs> Yeah, so I fell into it. it. Has nothing to do with my abilities or skill set. Uh, it was all given to me. No, I'm just kidding. I did have to work a little bit. <laughs> no, you probably had, uh, honestly, but, you probably had to work even harder. You lot, know, it's funny you say that. Yeah, he was so freaking hard on me. Yeah, because and then I, and, I, and also I was younger. So and everybody's like, oh, you know, Cobb. They, you know, he got that for nothing. You know, he had to. He didn't have to work. So I kind of had to prove myself. Exactly. Kind of double time um, because it's it was almost even worse than being the the son of a dealer. The son-in-law of the dealers even, you know, it's tougher because they're like, oh, that lazy, you know, son of a gun married into it. So, yeah, I did. But it, but it worked out great. He, he So he fast-tracked me, ended up going to Dealer Academy, uh, NADA Dealer Academy. That was yep. a great experience. Um, and then was uh, he was growing. A guy named Jeff Rocker, who's my mentor and best friend, who runs uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway Automotive for, for uh, Warren Buffett. Um, he was my mentor and he became a regional vice, you know, area manager for Nelson, my father-in-law. So at 27, Nelson pulled me in and said, Hey, you want to run a Toyota store? And I'm like, hell yeah. So, you know, I got the opportunity earlier and then, uh, moved into the Volkswagen. I mean, I, uh, I was running, uh, BMW, uh, BMW Volvo Volkswagen. And then that went real well. And then he let me um, take over the Audi. I mean, I'm sorry, the Infinity Jaguar store. So now I'm 27, running 
four, five luxury stores, yeah. loving life. And he and I come in. He come has me come in his office one day and says, "Hey man, I got great good news and bad news." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm selling everything and I'm retiring." And I'm like, <laughs> "Wait a well, second, where's the where's the good news?" He goes, "Yeah, well, you're going back to Toyota. I'm not selling Toyota." So, kind of had to, you know, which I love Toyota. Don't get me wrong; it's a great franchise. But you know, when you're you, when you're selling luxury and and it's you know back then it was pretty easy, right? Yeah. Uh, and back then Toyota wasn't as as dominant. So. Uh, but then kind of worked back into it and uh, he had he had a non-compete and, and retired for a little while. So uh, my brother-in-law and I, um, who I work with pretty closely, uh, kind of got back into it and started buying some stores. His non-compete ran out. He jumped back in and now we're back up to, you know, 10, 10 stores, uh, 11 rooftops and uh, seven manufacturers. So, you know, it's been been a great ride and um, a lot of fun. Wow, but yeah, I didn't I mean, do anything. I, I fell all into it. <laughs> that's funny because yeah, I I read that about you that you originally wanted to be a lawyer and then you know you were working you know just selling cars, Saturns, and then you kind of just fell in love with the industry and you've stayed with it the whole time. And speaking of falling in love, you fell in love with the owner's daughter, and then boom, it's like okay, like you said, you know, that's why I said it was the opposite. Like you you definitely had to work harder because people would be like, oh, you know, you're you're the, you're the son-in-law and that whole thing. So. You know, you definitely, uh, you definitely paid your dues as they say. And, um, so is that, you know, since, so Nelson Bauer founded Bauer's automotive group. And so, so now you work, you said you work with your brother-in-law and stuff like that. Is it, is it easier working with family or something or because it's easier to communicate or sometimes it's harder or is it just kind of a, it, there's a give and take and there's a, you know, it, there's goods and there's bad, you know what I mean? You know, I tell you, you know, Derek, early on, it was a shit show. I mean, it was really, really hard. Um, yeah, I bet. Because, you know, and, and my brother-in-law's name is Rick, Rick Bowers, and who's the my very best friend, sweetheart. If, if I were in Tijuana in a ditch with nothing to my name and he were wherever and I called him and said, hey, brother, I need help, he would not hesitate. So That's good. that part really, really helps. And he... He gives me free reign, as does Nelson now, to run the company. Um, there's very little interaction between Rick and I as far as you know, major operational stuff. Um, he definitely helps me, helps execute plans, and we kind of brainstorm and work together. But if I say this is what we're doing, there's zero pushback. He trusts me, which is great. Yeah. Um, on the father-in-law side, you know, that's obviously like any relationship. That took some time, too, to develop kind of boundaries. Um, and there's been, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've quote quit two or three times in our career together. Like, I'm not going to do this. You know, if you want me to run the company, I'm going to do it the way that I see best. And typically, you know, it's heated. We're both, you know, alpha males, headstrong, stubborn as shit. And, <laughs> you know, so we, we kind of, we've figured out and, and I've also learned, you know, I'm highly respectful and appreciative of him. Um, and I've kind of learned, you know, the old marriage, you, you fight the fights that matter. And so I've kind of learned if he wants something done, I'm like, you know, if he calls one of the stores and says, hey, I want you to do this. I'm like, and they call me and say, well, what do you think? I'm like, just do it, you know. So so that part's great. Go with I your mean, gut. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, well, you go to stuff that really matters. Um, and it's pretty rare that, that we get into anything that's like a, a major decision, like everything we bought and real estate and big decisions, hiring. He doesn't even, he's like, trust me. It's the, it's the stuff that it's kind of random at times. It's the stuff that's important to him. 
And that's why it really never flares up anymore because I'm like, just do whatever he says. It's easy. Let's get, if that's what he wants, let's get it done. So, you know, you, you read about a lot of lawsuits and fights and families in the car business. And we are very, very blessed. I mean, that's we great. travel to, uh, the, so there's, I have, there's five in my family, four of my brother-in-law's family, and then my in-laws. So 11 of us. And we still travel every year on the same ski trip we've been doing for 30 years, 28 years. Um, I haven't been cash no more than that play 32 years. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it rarely is there a skirmish. I mean, it's just, we kind of figured out where we, um, where we all belong and, and that's, it's been great. And I mean, it's, we're very blessed to have the, the, the friendship relationship that we have. Well, that's good. I mean, that's and, the, that communication and that friendship and that, uh, you know, uh, uh the, the relationship you have, that's just good for business, you know? That's personal and yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, f- fast forward to now, uh, you're in charge of 11 dealerships. You said, well, no, it's 10. It's basically, we, we say 10 stores. It's a, it's uh, 11 rooftops. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, um, in seven, we have, um, and obviously multiple, multiple is a few of them, but we had Toyota, Honda, Volkswagen, Audi, Ford, Hyundai and Kia. Okay. Um, you have body shops too? big and, you know what? Ironically, we had them forever, and we recently sold them to Classic. Oh, okay. uh, we saw it as a good time to exit the market. Um, you know, multiples are pretty high on a lot of things right now. Right. Uh, in in all the spaces. I mean, it's not just body shops, and and it, it, you know that's a tough business. And we had a gentleman that ran those for us. That's a, a dear friend and an awesome operator. That you know we kind of been watching, figuring when the right time would be. And um, it, it, it's it's a tough business because the body shop business is tough because. In that space, nobody's ever really happy. Meaning, hmm. your 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 customer just wrecked his car, so they're pissed. They want to get it back as fast as they can. The insurance <laughs> company's pissed because they got to pay for the repair. They can't get a rental car. They don't want to keep the rental car that long. Parts are hard to get because they're oh, especially now. Parts. Absolutely, yeah. It's hard to get. You know, it's hard to get employees to, and that's a. It's a. It's not a dying breed of, of employee, but it's a. It's definitely a specialized. So you're hard. It's hard to get employees. So you've got shortage on parts. You got an unhappy customer. The person that's paying for it's unhappy. You're supposed to do it as fast as you can, and then they're they're squeezing our margin. So it's a tough business. Yeah, now for we were, sure. You know, Keith Klingen, who was our operator, was an incredible operator. Very, very great guy. Couldn't say enough great things about it. And we actually were top. 20 um, body shop groups uh, per, I think it was NADA for a couple of years. So we, we had some volume going through there, but it just was the right time to sell. Yeah. I feel like right now it's, it's crazy how it's the right time to sell or buy. It seems like, but it, it's just, it's really a, an interesting slash crazy time in the, in the dealership world. Um, you know, inventory obviously is an issue. We talked about that. We know the supply chain, you know, basically the supply and demand has affected everyone's inventory. I mean, no one has the amount of new cars at their on their at their dealerships on their lots that they want or that they're used to. So, what have you done kind of differently to combat that situation, or is it getting even better now? You know, it's interesting. So, I do some analyst calls, and so we we measure everything. That's kind of how we kind of stay abreast of what's happening in the stores because sure. we give our our GMs a lot of autonomy, but we still watch everything. Um, so I was looking, I was doing a call uh, two days ago and I was looking at inventory. So we had, a, we ended the month. So we're, we, we do about 700 million in sales. We're, to, I think we we're 110th or 11th last year on uh, dealer group, you know, size wise wow. uh, in the country. So I was looking at inventory. So you'd think we'd have some cars. We had 170, I'm sorry, 146 cars in inventory. I looked 
pre-COVID, same month, June, pre-COVID, so 19 June, we had 1,750-ish. It's insane. It's Yeah, it really is. So on the new side, you know, we did what everybody else is doing. You know, we're obviously pre-selling. We're on on our glass wall, on our glass windows, the dealership. We're showing what's coming in, whether it's they're writing it or putting actual copies of invoices up. Um, you know, we're, we're doing all the normal stuff, the used side, as, as a lot of people have done, we've really shifted over to trying to do a lot of, uh, customer car purchases, sure. you know, partnering with some of the local, um, CRM, I mean, the, uh, uh, internet providers to help us source those, you know, I mean, cause when you go to the auction now, pretty much everything we see is junk. I mean, there, if you trade or have a nice car, a decent car, you know, decent miles or, you know, whatever it is, and you can't retail it, you need to change professions because there's something wrong. Anything that's decent should sell on your lot. So if you, when we're buying at the auction, we're buying somebody else's problems. Typically that's not obviously hundred percent. Some people just sell their stuff because they, they, they want to, or they have a turn rate that just didn't sell. But yeah, our, our experience recently is that used cars. So we've shifted, like I said, a lot to trying to focus on that trade-in and loading up in the trade-in. Uh, and then buy street purchases from individuals is kind of the, the the two ways that we're and that's a big shift. I mean, paying big money to our salespeople to source those, um, or really anybody at the dealership paying you know three to five hundred dollars to just to buy a car. Yeah, you know, so that's yeah. it, it's just you know we would who would ever thought you know those two items right there having no new cars. You know, we're still we're only about 25, 25 percent off on new car volume right now from our our we did eighteen I'm sorry eighteen thousand three hundred cars last year. So we're about twenty mm-hmm. percent off for the year. So it, it it but but obviously as everybody knows, margins are up. So we're still doing great, but it's just a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um and 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 then the bigger thing also that I worry about quite a bit is is um I think we're developing as probably everybody, our salesmen are developing bad habits. It's so easy oh, right now. They're making a fortune. Um, you know, we're really, really focused on trying to get back to our basics. We call it, you know, as walking. Yeah, because it's not going to last. It can't. No, At it's some not. point, it's it's the not. bubble will burst. It's going to burst. And 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 the folks that are are trying to, you know, maintain those best practices, those blocking and tackling things, we know we're supposed to do. I think they're the ones that are going to really capitalize on market share and and growth. And and we're. We're, that's where we spend a lot of time, energy, and effort on, on that right now, just trying to make sure we're blocking and tackling. Yeah, and that's that's good. I mean, I think that's a good outlook. You have to know that this, you know, it's a it's a crazy time. Even though making a lot of money, it's also weird because you don't have the inventory you normally want. But uh, you you, you got to know at some point that that's that that will shift and get back to kind of what it was. But I don't think, you know, a lot of dealers I talk to agree with this that that, that you're not going to need as many cars as you've had on your lot in the past, because as basically because of COVID, there's been a lot of positives kind of taken out of it in the sense that people can do more from home, get paperwork done online, get that all done with buyer, uh, you know, you know, put your car together online, then just go get it when it comes in or have it delivered, whatever it is. And so you don't necessarily need all those cars on your lot. And I think that's beneficial to the dealers. Um, And I think moving forward, that will be like the new normal a little bit. I agree with you to some point. I think it will be that way until, you know, let's just say, you know, let's, let's fast forward to 2026 or 2025. I don't know when it's going to be, but at some point the manufacturers every year, they spec out how many cars they are going to build. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so they order all the parts. They do all. They they got all this whole machinery built up to build that many amount of cars. And let's say they're predicting a SARS of seventeen five, and something happens, and the SARS comes in at fifteen. Well, they're not going to quit making those cars. When the when the demand slows down, they're going to try to dial it back some, but they're not. So I think that at some point we will see bloated inventories. Not intentionally, and I don't. I, I don't think that nobody wants this to happen. But there's going to be. Look at look at electronics right now. There is a glut yeah. of electronics in our market. Well, think and try 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 to go buy a TV six months ago. It just happens they're building these models to produce X amount, and if for some reason demand slows down, they can't turn. They can't flip that switch off. Yeah. So I think oh, you're, I, I think you're right on the fact that the intent is a hundred. I mean. I think everybody loves where we are right now. You know, our floor plan costs are low. You know, our advertising's a little bit lower because we're running more on used cars. We're pretty much the same, but it's more on used cars because new cars sell. At the point that that demand slows down and production doesn't catch up fast enough, we will see an excess of cars. That's my prediction. Now, I hope to hell I'm wrong, but I think it'll happen. Event. It'll happen some. It'll happen one day in the next two to three years. Yeah, I mean that's a, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. I mean, what you made makes sense, and you obviously know the business very well. Um, but it it's it's just interesting. Such an interesting time that we're in right now. So coming up is like Labor Day sales and stuff like that. It, it you know it, it, is all this affecting your normal preparations for that and like next year's models? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah. So you know. You know, your big your big weekends, your Memorial Day, your Labor Day, your Fourth of July, you know, we had these huge sales, 10 events, you know, you know, first 15 new cars we sell, we're going to give away a TV or a cooler or whatever. Well, when you don't have anything, it's so hard. I mean, you can you can run a used car special, but I just don't think it has that same draw as a really discounted new car. So, yeah, I mean, we we, yeah, we've seen those weekends. um, I'm not saying they're bad. It Listen. All of our weekends are based on the amount of trucks that have come in, meaning the delivery trucks. That's yeah. It, it's it's gone beyond really. We don't, and that's what I tell my guys. I'm like, you know, let's not read our own you know press clippings. This is not really us. I mean, yes, we do a, de- a very good job. You know, my team is incredible, but a lot of this is the the market we're in, and the dealers who think that the success we're experiencing right now is because of something we're doing that's that much better is in for a rude awakening because it's the market we're in. It ain't, it's, that's a good realization to have and to make sure your, your people I mean, know that. Yeah. <laughs> are we doing a better job at some things? Absolutely. And I mean, but, but our success, the money we're making right now is a product of the environment we're in and the dealer that's out buying going, Oh my God, we're going to, this is going to, this is awesome. Is going to be, is going to be hurt one day. I think that's my opinion. Well, that's a good, that's a very good outlook to have and very good way to, to, you know, let your employees and stuff know that, Hey, be, be prepared. It's not going to stay like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I think it's really cool how, cause right now everyone knows incentives like don't exist, like from, yeah, yeah. from manufacturers that they just don't exist. So I, that was kind of cool. You're saying like, you know, for, you know, July 4th or, you know, Memorial day, labor day, the first X amount of cars, you give away free TV or a cooler. So like you're creating your own incentives, which I think is a good idea for dealers to do since they're like really is none. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, we're, 
we, I mean, we've got an incredible team of general managers and I mean, they're all, it's, it's great. That's what's great about our business. Um, I mean, it's, it, there's such a random sample. I mean, I got guys that are, you know, and this is going to sound horrible that are average educated guys that work their ass off. I've got really, really, some really, really smart guys. I've got a guy that's from Morocco. That's the hardest worker. He knows every single thing about every deal and every employee and every service customer. It's just the compilation wow. of what we are able to work with in our industry. It, it, uh, you know, attitude and effort, you know, and I, I meet with our, and we have a sales, you know, we have sales uh, people join us. They go through three day class and I have this kind of quick presentation. And I'm like, guys, you know, I've got, we got salesmen that are general managers now making a ton of money. And all you got to do is work hard, be honest, you know, and, 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 and learn and help. And it's such a great business to be in. And, you know, and, and they're all creative. They're all have their own, you know, whether it's the giveaway, the cooler, or I've got one, one of my guys that does, does his own commercials and it's great. He gets complaints about him. Ah, you know, it's as easy as it's a big quote tagline. <laughs> it's as easy as one, two, three. And we get called. I hate that one, two, three, but you know what? They're talking about it. You know, they're calling us, they hate it so much that they, <laughs> and they remember it so much. So, you know, to your point about the, the the figuring out a way to create traffic, I mean, it it takes all types of personalities in this business. And I mean, you know, my buddy Jeff Rocker, I mentioned a minute ago, his number one guy is just an average guy that works his ass off and is is you know good at what he does. And that's and he's not, you know, Harvard educated. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. guy's making seven figures, and and he's just a guy, which that's why one of the draws to this business is just so much fun. I mean, it's, and it's never the same and, you know, and it takes all kinds to figure out how do we get people in our store to sell them a car? Yeah. So wait, you're saying, so that's that gentleman you were talking about is a salesman or a manager? No, no. Uh, start, uh, well, the one for myself or the one for my buddy. But, oh, the one you were just saying that like, he's just a, you know, your regular guy. Uh, both you know, of them. Oh, yeah, both of them. Oh, both of those are GMs. They both run stores. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah they, they both run stores. That makes more sense. I mean, you said they were making seven figures, which is amazing. I mean, wow. But it makes sense because I read that your management team has an average tenure of 14 years. So, you know, obviously they like you and the way you run business and obviously your years of experience show and, you know, the way you treat them and of course <laughs> the money they make. So 14 years, that makes sense to me. We, we give a lot of rope. I mean, I give a lot of rope to my guys. Yeah. And I mean, I always, I say to a lot of people, I'm, I'm first and foremost, I'm a car salesman. Uh, and then secondly, I'm an overpaid cheerleader and, and therapist. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I do. I mean, I've got, you know, since we sold the body shops now, I have 10 guys that run the stores that basically I'm a phone call away whenever, you know, we go into the stores and we have manager meetings every month at all the stores to, to kind of track stuff. But, you know, these yeah. guys, I am, I'm their cheerleader and therapist and, you know, I kick them uh, when they need it and I build them up when they need it. And I make sure that they know that I love them at all times. And, you know, the book, The One Minute Manager is one of my best management books that I've ever read. And I mean, it's, you know, you tell them you love them, you tell them their strong points, you tell them how they can prove. Once you walk out the door, you slap them on the back and you say, hey, let's go get them, Tiger. And, you know, that, but but they have their own rope. And and Jeff Rocker, as I keep mentioning, he, he always had a quote that, you know, we're going to make 300 decisions a day. You know, 170 of them are going to be spot on. You know, 15 of them are going to be questionable and then 15 of them are going to be dead ass wrong. And you just hope that those 15 <laughs> that are dead ass wrong aren't, don't have huge repercussions or effects on your business. 
Um, but you make the decision, you move on, and, and you you I give them autonomy to do what they need to do. And I think that's what they love. They're, I let them be the entrepreneurs they are and run however they want to run. Yeah. And we keep them between the ditches. I mean, they have some parameters they've got to watch, but generally speaking, sure, absolutely. And, and that's I think that you know that the the true entrepreneurial car guy loves that environment, and that's the way they thrive, and that's what we provide, and that's why we have low turnovers because, and and really all of our our positions are low turnovers because of, you know, do your job, make a lot of money. You know, have a good work-life balance, and and let's have fun, and let's laugh. We love to laugh, love to give each other a hard time. I'd say that, on the whole, I, I would put myself and my ten GMs at the. If there was a, you know, a smart ass index, we would be at the top of the at the scale because we love giving <laughs> each other a hard time, and it's just. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, that that's good that it's fun. It's it should be. I mean, you know, I could just tell from talking to you that you're you're a down to earth, fun guy. So I'm sure. It, you know, you would be cool to work for. And if you ask your team, I'm sure they would say the same. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned car guy before, though. So before we get going, I just want to ask. So you went to school to be a lawyer and then you started selling Saturns. But were you always into cars? Were you a car guy or just a car business guy? OK, I'm embarrassed on this one, Derek. And I, I, but, you know, for, it's OK. I am not a car guy. I want. I hear it a lot. I it's OK. I just ask. get in my vehicle. <laughs> I want to hit a button. I want it to start. I want the air to blow cold. And I don't want it to break down. I'm so not a car guy. I, I mean, <laughs> that's what everyone I, wants. <laughs> I drive an F-250. It's got, I think, 70,000 miles on it. You know, I've got a new one order. It's been on order for about a year. When it comes in, I'll drive it for another. I'll drive that one for four years. I don't. I'm such not a car guy. Now, I will say that <laughs> I want to qualify that. I got I ordered a Bronco. You know, you'd think the dealer would get a Bronco fast. It took me a year and a half to get my Bronco. It's the first Jeez. thing I've driven that I'm like, I really like driving this car. And I've had a bunch of stuff. I mean, I've had sports cars and I've had all kinds of fun stuff. And I'm like, I never drive them. I do. I, I race mountain bikes as my hobby um, really all over the yeah, world. Yeah, I know. I read that. So, That's awesome. you know, I need something that fits that, you know, so I'm, I'm either I have a sprinter uh, that I outfitted for um, bike racing. So I'm either my truck or my sprinter. Uh, and all I want to do is start in the air to blow cold. Um, that's my big thing. <laughs> so, no, I'm not. I don't collect them. I'm not. So it's a shame. I like selling them, but I, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. I mean, Hey, listen, most people just want it to start run and the air to blow cold. I mean, that makes sense. That's the majority of people. <laughs> and I love look like, you know, I love looking at, you know, fast cars and driving fast cars. But the other thing is I'm, I'm kind of obsessive personality. So if I'm in a fast car, I will drive that car fast. And, and obviously that uh, can be extremely dangerous. Can because, be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So I try to take it to the- that too. Well, you take it, you got to take it to the track, you know what I mean? When you want to do the, the crazy stuff. But I always, I always just, I ask everyone that and I find that interesting. You know, you, you, it's many say the same thing as you. They're like, well, it's more of the, I like selling cars. Obviously I, I like my car. I like it to work and everything, but you know, being like a car guy, like I'm a, I'm a car guy. Like I love my car. I love cars. I love, you know, driving them on the manual, all that stuff, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting, but Listen, I think we covered a lot of really great stuff. Uh, Brad Cobb, anything? All right, man. Well, <laughs> this is really great. Thank you so much for having me on your, sh- on your show. No problem. Anything you'd like to say before we get going? No, just, uh, you know, it's uh, very, I'm, I'm very, very blessed to be where I am. And uh, life is really good and fun. The car business 98% of the time. <laughs> well, listen, I'll take 98% of the time 
any day if it comes to anything that means something good. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm taking those odds all day. But oh, hell yeah. congrats on all your success and be safe on those uh, cross-country mountain bikes. Thanks so much, dear. Great chatting with you today. You too, Brad. You take it easy. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. That was Brad Cobb, the president of Bowers Automotive Group. For more information on Brad and his dealerships, head over to BowersAG.com. And that will do it for this episode of DNT. Uh, make sure you follow the show on social media at Dealer News Today. I'm your host, Derek D. DerekD.com for all my stuff, of course. Appreciate you listening, everybody. And until next time, this is Dealer News Today.